Welcome back to Strange Days, and today we're going to wrap up this mini-series on the spiritual practice of Sabbath by looking at the good, the bad, the ugly of the practices of the Mourn household, what my family's been up to as we've been learning the way of Jesus. And I want to remind us that in these strange days, we are setting aside time to grow in our maturity and grow in our ability to be with Jesus, to become like Jesus and do what he would do if he was us. And one of the authors I highly commend to you, Dallas Willard, has written extensively. And the one book I really recommend is The Divine Conspiracy. He looks at Matthew 5, 6, 7. He talks about what it means to live in the kingdom that Jesus has ushered in. What it means to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done in Cape Town as it is in heaven. Dallas Willard, commenting on Jesus' promise of an easy yoke and a light burden, says that there's a, there's a secret of the easy yoke. And to quote Dallas Willard, he says, The secret involves living as Jesus lived in the entirety of his life, adopting his overall lifestyle. Willard continues, he says, Our mistake is to think that following Jesus consists in loving our enemies, going the second mile, turning the other cheek, suffering patiently and hopefully, while living the rest of our lives just as everyone else around us does. It's a strategy bound to fail. Put it to you that very often when Jesus is declared, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, we give a lot of airtime to Jesus as the truth. And that's right, he, he is the truth. But then we don't pay attention to the way of Jesus such that the life of Jesus never quite materializes. Eugene Peterson once wrote about uh, Jesus' metaphor of being the way. To quote him, he says, The Jesus way wedded to the Jesus truth brings about the Jesus life. But Jesus is the truth gets far more attention than Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way is the most frequently evaded metaphor among the Christians whom I have worked with in 50 years as a North American pastor. So what we're hoping to do in this time is to simplify our lives around Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. And practicing the Sabbath is something Jesus did. And so it's something that we want to explore as well. So let's wrap it up by looking at the good, the bad, the ugly of the Mourn family practice of Sabbath. Some big disclaimers right up front is obviously that this is stage of life dependent. You need to maybe take from this um, what is helpful for your stage of life. We've got at the moment a seven, five, and three-year-old. We live in a flat. We pastor um, along with a whole bunch of great people, a congregation in Greenpoint and in Seapoint. And so this makes sense for us at this stage of life now. I also would say that we are privileged economically, but that doesn't mean that Sabbath is only for those in that position. I'd remind you that Sabbath is is uh, alluded to not just in reference to creation, but remember it was also referenced in um, Deuteronomy as far as the Exodus is concerned, that the slaves, everyone was set free from the grip of Egypt and Pharaoh. And Sabbath should not be associated with spending loads of money, but it is for all of us to rest and to delight in. So those are some disclaimers, but let's get into it around. Maybe let's start with ugly. The, the kind of 24 hours of terrible Sabbath moments in the Mourn household. I would uh, probably say that the week would start with absolutely no planning. We're running around frantically trying to save the world. Um, 
probably it's almost hit seven o'clock the kids already eating supper and we remember oh my gosh it's friday this is supposed to be sabbath time we grab a candle there's a fight over who gets to light the candle there's tears the parents lose their nuts we send everyone to bed and kind of just can't believe um it's gone so badly but hey we'll try again next week we kind of given up on day one we maybe then um, over entertain we try and numb ourselves by just watching a series or a movie we have a late night and unfortunately for us one of the kids is sick and they wake up early the next day we can't cope with that so we pop them in front of a screen maybe i haven't really been diligent in my preparation so i have to quickly grab some um, slides and try to get my sermon um, uh, sort of looking good on powerpoint but i'm just going to do it quickly and then I, then we can relax afterwards and we can be with each other as a family I eventually surfaced and I said, Jeez, I need to go do parkrun. It's almost 8 o'clock. And Leanne's going, well, Jess, I've had the kids. What are you doing? And we then have a robust discussion and carry a bit of bitterness towards each other throughout the rest of the day. We, however, don't have time to really um, go down too much of a bit of road because we've got kids' parties, maybe three of them, with a family lunch squeezed in between. And we attend all of these dutifully. And when we are there, we're those great people that just talk about how busy they are and what the next thing is we've got to rush off to. In other words, incredibly boring people to be with. Why did we end up in a situation where we never had the courage to plan properly and just to say no to some good things, but they are all stacked on top of each other and are causing us pain. Eventually, we managed to get the kids through the day and pop them into bed. And after a frantic search for a babysitter, we're off again for another function in the evening. Not, not at all feeling rested or delighted at the end. We just can't wait for Sunday to start where we at least can can drop the kids off at Kids Rock and spend the day at a less frantic and exhausting pace. Don't know if you can identify with any of that, but that's the ugly of the Mourn household. What what would the good look like? What would twenty four hours of peak Sabbath in the Mourn household look like? I think firstly we've prepared for it. We reviewed the last Sabbath. We've kind of made our mistakes. We changed that thirty percent. We've talked about it as a family, and before committing to anything on the Sabbath, we've decided together means saying no to a lot of things it means for our stage of life looking at all those kids parties and needing to decide is this a what we would call like a core kid a very close mate of our our friends uh, of our kids or or not uh, it's looking closely at sports and all kinds of um, invitations that come our way it does mean saying a no to a lot of different things and our grid we use is to say is it rest and is it delight we also have coined a little phrase with our kids where we talk about family Friday fun day. Family Friday fun day and we're fortunate that it's our day off and so we use that day off wisely to get all the things done to prepare and then to pick up our kids from school and to already get them into our mindset. This is a time set aside for us as a family to enjoy God together. We start at six o'clock with some candles instead of one candle where they can fight over there. Three little candles, they light it, we talk about it, we talk about Jesus being the light of the world we have a meal together where we sometimes invite others into the Sabbath occasion with us. We share weekly highs and we encourage each other around the table. And then we try and have a little bit of a treat of a dessert. It doesn't have to be over the top. I know everyone's baking banana bread during lockdown, so that could be an option. Or maybe a hot chocolate with a little Easter egg floating on top. Um, something you wouldn't normally have. It's like a little spoil of a dessert. We generally have an early night, then we read the faraway tree to the kids, we read the Bible, we go and pray, put them into bed, and Leanne and I might treat ourselves to a little lockdown comedy show, which only costs 50 bucks, 
or um, a little show we like to join or a movie we've been waiting to see. But the idea is that it's not a late night and we pretty quickly get into the incredible spiritual practice of sleep and rest. For us, it works not to wake up for an alarm the next day. Hopefully the kids are all competing to be the sleeping champion. And as it works, um, I'll make Lee some coffee and give her some time with God. We'll rotate out. And the idea is that in the morning, those first two hours, we've all had a chance to spend time with God, to exercise. And while the one spouse is doing that, we're with the kids um, spending some time together. In most households now, this would be Sunday and you would go off to church. You would talk about it before and after. You would process what the kids learned at Kids Rock. And that would be your kind of morning block of time. For us, we Sabbath from Friday 6 p.m. to Saturday 6 p.m. Because Sunday is kind of a work day given our particular stage of life and occupation. So in our morning, what we'll try to do is head off to creation. Um, but without a mission, we'll try and enjoy, enjoy God's beauty. We'll try and remind ourselves that we're not the center of the universe. God is. He's in control. And for our stage of life, it's not like a hike mission. It's not like we're trying to climb up something and get back down. I mean, the one time, Constantia Nick, we only got as far as like just out the parking lot. We could still see all the cars. We're sitting in a lovely little green patch with shade and all the kids were sitting there having their picnic and throwing things at trees. And it was just actually so fun not to be on this mission all the time, but to be enjoying God's beauty at an unhurried pace. During lockdown, we, for instance, watched the free West End production of Joseph and his Technicolor Dreamcoat. And if you're listening to this, Good Friday, I think, that Jesus Christ Superstar is going to be played tonight. And you can watch that with your family um, if it's age appropriate. I, I don't actually know. But the idea would be to try and find some cultural thing, some beautiful thing, if creation is not possible um, at this time of lockdown, to just enjoy God's creation and His beauty. We'll obviously have lunch as a family, and then we have the incredible practice of the afternoon nap. Oh, parents lock your doors, and kids are given alone time. And this goes until about 3 p.m. Afterwards, you have your sort of last block of time. Now, if you've gone and done church in the morning, this could be your moment to get into creation, get onto the prom, get to the beach. You know, uh, there's all kinds of options. You need a pleasure stack in, enjoy it, pack a little picnic. Um, generally, Leanne loves people. This is what makes her come alive and delights. I also love people, but generally my delight would be to go on an adventure with my kids and taking Patty and the girls on the bicycle ride or uh, to go check the helicopters at the waterfront and, and there are all kinds of options and all our personalities are different and we need to try different things every Sabbath but we're purposely talking about God and just noticing and slowing down the whole idea here is that we're not rushing from one thing to the next desperately trying to get pleasure out of life but we're ceasing and celebrating and at the end we have dinner again and we maybe light the candle one more time and bookend it and say thank you Jesus for your rest and let's carry this rest and this delight into the remainder of our weeks and we feel as our Sabbath comes to an end, that we have truly emerged different people. As Mark Buchanan speaks about Sabbath, quoting one last time from his book, The Rest of God, he says, It is letting go for one day out of seven all those parts of our identities and abilities in which we are constantly tempted to find our security, discovering afresh that we are his children and that he is our father and shield and defender. Describe the the ugly side of the Mourn household. That was the that was the good side. There's a tendency um, in our desire to practice Sabbath 
that we'll first tend to overdo it maybe we'll pile rule upon rule and we'll police each other and we'll get wary of that and so the pendulum will swing towards minimalism where we discover loopholes and we invent exemptions and rig shortcuts and so we'll tend to swing between legalism and excuse making but the idea would be to just keep going and to learn from Jesus this easy yoke as we adopt his lifestyle and this light burden as we constantly every week remind ourselves that the Lord reigns and that God is good. So God we come to you now and we pray that you will help us simplify our lives around what is eternally important that we will train in this practice of Sabbath. Jesus we declare that you are the way, the truth and the life. We want to know your ways to be with you, to become like you and to do what you would do. And I do pray that you will in these strange days do this deepening work in all of us where we don't come out the same people but we are changed by you the trajectory of our lives is towards seeing your kingdom established in our hearts and in our city pray this all in your name jesus amen